0: Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 183 of the All Get Here podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick, and joining me today are my three cryptozoological co-hosts. It's Jungle John,
1: Sand Eating Colt. Oh fuck! I got a burp. Oh god,
2: it's me, Wenzel. Oh, it's Big Hunter Wenzel.
0: You know we're keeping that in. <laughs> of course. Did I say to leave it out? The belts in Big fucker Winsle.
2: Did you say big fucker? I don't know what he's. Said. I said bigfoot hunter. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. it sounded like you said okay. big fucker. That's what I I heard you say big fucker. I said bigfoot hunter motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what? You yeah, know okay. potato
3: potato tomato tomato. Yeah,
0: they're they're pretty equivalent. Yep, bigfoot is a
3: big fucker. He is. <laughs> is well, like in that one movie where
0: he jumps onto a fucking camper. <laughs> <laughs> That's an <his> amazing shot. <laughs> <laughs> also, just going to say, best Bigfoot baby in cinema. I <laughs> can't agree. Uh, f-
1: uh, yeah, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Col- Colt said he hated that Bigfoot. <laughs> so.
1: It's bad. It's ugly. But there's not really many Bigfoot babies unless you count Ewoks. And in that case, Ewoks win all the time. Now, what about Chewbacca's baby? Lumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Lumpy uh, yeah.
3: Lumpy's best Bigfoot baby,
0: confirmed.
1: Him and his fucking teeth. (laughs) Fucking monstrosity. All
0: lips and full teeth. But speaking of Bigfoot, we're very much on the cryptid train once again. This is our third time in the world of the paranormal and supernatural creatures. So like in the past, we'll be each delivering to you a spooky, scary, supernatural story of a creature that's not yet known to the world of science or man. And opening this up this year, we have Wenzel with his cryptid. Wenzel, what is your creature? And tell us all about it. All right. So uh, my cryptid um,
2: there's multiple, but they go by Melonheads And, um, you know, they're cryptid, So they haven't been discovered by science But there's many, many stories of them um, They vary Depending on state But they live around the Connecticut, Ohio, Michigan area So I'll just go into the very um, Your very general basic Essentially legend that kind of like Takes it all together And this is how like they kind of came to be But it goes like this there was a Dr. Crow who lived in a mansion. His wife couldn't have any children, so he adopted. Um, but he didn't stop at one child. He adopted many. It's unknown how many he adopted, but it was enough that people were like, that's kind of weird because, he, you know, oh, I'm sorry, Colt, you were going to say something?
1: I was just going to say a true Angelina Jolie. <laughs> yes. Also, yep. Quinto, I'm confused I am that for the people out there. They about get your that.
0: cryptid, uh, is, there, is it actually like a candy? Because there's a there's a candy called melon heads. What does it taste like?
2: I wouldn't bite into these melon heads. <laughs> I'll think about yeah,
0: it. You, okay, you, you kind of have to slap them, make sure it sounds like not too sloshy, but still kind of firm. Then you can bite in. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: you're, let me just get. My, <laughs> let me get.
2: <laughs> <I'm> so, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> let me get to my story. Um, he, he adopted a lot of kids and people were suspicious because of his interest in children, which is kind of a red flag. Um, yeah. but because of his status, he's a doctor. He lives in a mansion. Um, you know, people came to visit. It was very well kept, you know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary or, uh, uh anything to warn the people of bad condition. Um, but then it wasn't until several years later that, uh, his mansion, uh, was burnt down, and, uh, the police discovered the bodies of him and his wife, uh, in the, in the remains, and, um, the children were not found, but it was said that beings with strange, bulbous heads were seen fleeing the area from eyewitnesses, and through rummaging through what was left of the mansion and a previously undiscovered laboratory, uh, police were able to find documents detailing, uh, why this possibly occurred, uh, Doctor Crow had been injecting fluids into these children's heads, causing them to develop hydrocephalus. Which hydrocephalus is just a buildup of fluid in the head of a um, of a child. Um, usually, you'll you'll definitely see it around uh, infancy and when you know when they're born, it's very apparent. Um, some already suffer from the condition, and uh, he would still inject fluids in their heads, making it worse. Um, if the children didn't already suffer from the condition, he would beat them. He performed many experiments on them, alongside torturing them, until one day, they had enough. They killed him, and in the ensuing fight, set the mansion ablaze. From Crow's writings, he did what he did, like beating and torturing them, because he had a son who originally had hydrocephalus, but uh, there was no medical records of him ever having a son, so it's possible that his, quote, son, unquote, was actually another child he adopted and tortured. Um, these children fled to the woods where they started out feeding on small animals, then pets, then livestock, until finally people. Anybody who wandered in the woods, they would ambush and kill and eat their flesh. Um, some were reportedly caught, uh, but the killings kept happening, so it is believed that, um, they kept themselves alive, you know, of course through, uh, through continuous feeding and also through incest, so um, you have a bunch of cannibalistic, incestual, mutated children living in the northern woods of the U.S. So don't go to Michigan. It sounds
1: like some place in the south.
2: Nope, don't go to Michigan, Connecticut, or Ohio ever.
0: All right, because there's like there's these tiny children with enormous heads. I, I, I just well, I, I I also love how like people back
3: then were so stupid that they thought like pun like a good punishment was like.
0: I'm, oh, you don't have this condition. I'm going to beat the shit out of you, you little shit. Yeah, like this doctor has, like, this weird, like, fetish for, like, this medical malady. It's like, your head's not big enough, dipshit. And just, you just like, putting an air hose in their mouth and trying to pump them up, like a cartoon. <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it, it was definitely, um, and I mean, like, he tried to gain sympathy through the fact that his own, uh, fake child had it. Like, it doesn't really make sense. Um, there's actually um, – there have been, quote, eyewitness reports of these children still being alive today. But the thing is, though, is, like, um, you know, they would be older. So um,
1: they're actually – They wouldn't be children. They wouldn't be children. They'd, they'd be, be, be full-grown
2: mutant adults. And um, so that's why that's what kind of gives into, like, the whole idea that, like, they could take down livestock and, you know, people. And um, But, like, the thing is that it doesn't say when – like, the legend doesn't say when this takes place there's nothing saying when so like this could have literally happened anytime but you know whatever um and uh, one of the one of the one of the uh, eyewitness reports was that he was uh, there was a guy uh looking for them and um as he was driving all day he couldn't find them until finally just a chance encounter one of them was running right up against his vehicle at 40 to 50 miles per hour uh Oh geez. Yeah, it was uh it was like covered in blood, eyes bloodshot red, you know, full grown, um uh, just running and then it ran back into the woods. Um
1: I pictured like the uh child of cause from uh
2: Bloodborne.
1: Oh fuck, yeah. That fucker? Oh god.
2: Yeah, um but you know, it's just a legend um and it de- <laughs> and there's it pops up in three different states and um <laughs> you have a, a a mutated I mean, mutated is very, you know, he just pumped fluids into their head. That's all we know. So, like, how is that possible for um, a child with hydrocephalus who's now a full-grown adult adult dealing with a very, very mutated head um, running at 40 to 50 miles per hour, you know? the.
1: We need to get them on uh, some kind of track
3: thing, USA yeah, 2020. Yeah, get them on the 100-meter 100, 100 dash.
2: Uh, <laughs> I guess you could do that, but I don't think they would be very um, um
3: cooperative. I have a feeling
2: they would eat cooperative, and I think they would eat people.
3: Yeah, yeah, Man, yeah. It's It'd be bad. like hurting cats. Like, with any child. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
2: no, it's just that, like, you know, these kids, uh, you know, the reason why they did what they did was also because, you know, they they're suffering from hydrocephalus, so, like, at this point, because of everything, they're just kinda, you know, they're kinda mentally not there as well, so. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Um,
1: but again... Also, I don't know how the... Do they just, like... How do they do that? Do they drill a hole in the skull and just pour water in there? They... Dude, they have these things called syringes. Yeah, but I feel like just putting water and... Syringes, you gotta pierce something to get it into the brain. No, you know, hydrocephalus doesn't... Hydrocephalus affects how much
2: fluid content is in the skull.
1: Yeah, that's where the brain's at.
2: Yes, but you
1: can... The needle doesn't go into the brain. I'm not saying in the brain. It's got to get in through the skull to have the liquid inside of it. Yes, but it doesn't...
2: You can do it at an angle to where you don't touch the brain, but even then, this guy was a doctor who was torturing these kids. He doesn't give a shit.
1: I mean, yeah, but my point was, like, how did he get the needle through their skull? Not if piercing the brain. I just want to know how he got in there. He...
2: What? I don't... They're children. Their skulls are malleable.
1: Yeah, little I'm kids' have are like a water balloon. I don't blade. have children's skulls to play around. Little with. kids have
2: soft spots. I mean, uh, <sighs> hold on, let me get a medical textbook because apparently I gotta, yeah, all right. I gotta explain to this fuck. now. All right, Doctor Oz, do it. Yeah, call me Doctor. No, they just, you know, um, he didn't inject just water. Like I said, he injected fluids. So, like, you know, it, it could have be been Coke, anything. Could be Pepsi, Doctor Pepper, Doctor Pepper, which you know that's still child abuse, but. <laughs> Uh, don't please God,
3: don't inject Dr.
1: Pepper into your kids' <laughs> heads. If if I was injected with anything, I'd like it to be Dr. Pepper. Don't give
3: Jeffrey Dahmer ideas. Um, yeah. If it, while he's, he's, he's looking wrong. up the medical
0: information, if you can have any fluid pumped into your head, what would you want it to be? Mm.
1: Dr. Pepper for me. DiSorono.
3: <laughs> I don't know if
2: I would want fluid pumped into my head.
1: You, you gotta, in this situation... got In this any, hypothetical,
2: you have to choose fluid. something. Yeah, the, the
0: weird, craven, jigsaw doctor that has this giant, leaky syringe slowly ambling towards your head, but he gives you a second, he can pull a lever that blood. changes the uh, the fluid in it. And say so you say, I want ginger ale in my head, so I can just, like, just suck it up whenever I need a little swig.
2: No, I said blood. I want blood. Okay. Oh, that's weird? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, you okay. you can't
1: drink
0: blood, you vampire, you bastard. Yeah. Sicko. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pat,
1: what about you? Uh, yeah, oh, what about I you? Want, I
0: want ginger ale. Oh, A nice, okay. fizzy, refreshing <laughs> drink.
2: It. Yeah, that's that's fair. And besides, if, um. if
0: Jonathan has DeServono in his head and Colt has got Dr. Pepper in his head, he's just mushing together. You got a great mixed drink.
1: Yeah, we just got to smash our heads together. Oh, to get yeah, it. Uh, uh. Sounds like a party. <laughs> oh, maybe he, and
0: also- he puts a little like full faucet head right to your forehead just turns on and just pours Hell out. yes. <laughs> Get, that's like the get some uh, brain the valve
3: dr pepper juice like a valve logo or
2: whatever whatever they have for their things um but yeah um and also cold too they have you know there's like big enough syringes and stuff to pierce bone so um but again you know they're children so they're their their skulls and like their their bones they're very soft so you know very easy to
1: you know I'm not gonna I'm not uh you know you know what if, if it was me I just want to say this I wouldn't pierce a kid's skull and pour liquid in it. That's just me. I don't know about you guys. It's a little crazy, I How know. How can
3: you say something so controversial yet so brave? <laughs> Fuck. Okay, well, that's my legend of the melon heads.
2: Um, Obviously not true, but, you know, I hope I creeped you out or something. I don't
0: know. Just giant people with Jimmy Neutron heads stumbling around in the woods, ready to brain blast the first person they see.
1: Jimmy, uh, where's your mom?
3: Uh, uh, oh, Mrs. Neutron.
2: I thought it would have been kind of cooler if like this legend was like you know they're like they're aliens because when I first heard melonhead I was like, oh aliens but no it's just some kids and you know they're badly abused potentially we don't know nobody knows because- maybe
0: maybe it's a bunch of people who are cosplaying as the poster of stalker that that psychotropic Russian uh, apocalypse movie yeah the the Tarkovsky movie
2: that's such a weird angle because his head like it's big but also it's only it only looks like that because like he's balding so like yeah uh but but in the stalker game there are these like little uh they look kind of like old old men children um in there they have like psychic powers or something so that you know I don't know
0: the Benjamin Button Brigade
3: Jimmy's mom has got it going
0: on All uh everybody Uh, snaps for Wenzel Oh, thank you. Uh, I
2: didn't see Colt's... It was a delayed one. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, I didn't even hear Colt, so I'm going to assume he didn't snap for me. Asshole.
1: I was snapping. It's just that Discord doesn't want to pick up random sounds.
2: It picked up their sounds. Whatever.
1: Because they're using a different mic. I'm using one with a a booty uh, sheath. Whatever.
0: All right, Colt, you're next up to bat. Tell us about your cryptid.
1: All right. Uh, my cryptid... It's called the Mongolian Death Worm. Yes, you'll come to see why I picked it in a little bit. Not that long. But uh, to get into what the Mongolian Death Worm is, it's a worm. It is a worm. That's my first point in my notes, uh, just to let you guys know. Uh, The Mongolian natives called it, it was also known as the Olgoy Korkoi, which means intestine worm. Oh, Yeah, it's got a red hue to it and uh i'll tell you why i've got a red hue apparently
3: because they're living chitlins
1: yeah that's pretty much what they look like from all the pictures i've seen which they're pictures of a cryptid so there's that uh but it's alleged to live in the Gobi desert so it is a sandworm which i wonder oh i wonder what sandworm why i picked this oh out. tremors tremors no, I've never seen it. Come on, it's got Kevin bacon in shaking. it. It's got Reba McIntyre in it. Oh God, I'm scared.
0: It's a star-studded. Uh, it cat. first
1: came to Western attention. Are you done, Jonathan? First <laughs> came to Western. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, hey. I'm dodging bullets right now. Hey, I Johnson, can't tell what people are talking. Uh, my God,
2: man! How was how was your day? Um, my my day was good. How about yours, Wenzel? Mine was okay. I spent most of the day just looking up random shit on YouTube the internet. Uh, played with my dog Sasha a little bit. Cute little fucker. Yeah, you're, that dog is fucking uh, cute as shit. First came to
1: Western attention in the 1926 book On the Trail of Ancient Man by Roy Chapman Andrews. In the book, the worm's described as, this is an actual quote from the book, "It is shaped like a sausage about two feet long. <laughs> it has no head nor leg and it is so poisonous that merely to touch it means instant death. Wait,
2: pause, pause, hold on. Did he not just eat a bad sausage?
1: (laughs) No, it's, he's taking the accounts from the Mongolian people and writing it from their experiences. Okay, continue. Uh, Touch it means instant death. It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. Uh, That's the end of the quote from the book. And, uh, in the 1987 book, Altan Sadak Govd, it is described as traveling underground, creating ripples in the sand, and on the surface, it shows it, shows it where it is, pretty much. Uh, similar how to see, you see random spots of dirt raised when a groundhog, uh, goes crazy under someone's lawn, uh, which is called Worm Sign. Uh, first to spot the worm sign gets a spice bonus, that's just a fact, uh... The Mongolians <laughs> said that it could kill at a distance by spraying a venom or by means of electric discharge, or, like shooting lightning bolts, like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Yeah, yeah. yo, that's
0: metal as fuck. I was about to ask. It's when crazy. You get, to, get to the part where it shoots lightning out, man.
1: And uh, the venom is supposedly corrodes metal, so it, like, like I said, you don't want to touch this by the venom electricity because you'll die. I'm built different. Oh yeah, yeah he's just rubber. Would survive. And also, this is a weird time frame. Uh, it said it said to su- hibernate underground for most of the year, except for June and July. I don't I don't understand that or where that came from, but that's the case. Hottest. Uh, it's month. also said to, uh, yeah, it's summer months, I guess. Like, it's hot and they don't have as much water underground.
2: But I mean, like, like if it's a uh, well, I guess that makes sense. It's a worm, so if it's not, there's no water underground. They come up. I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Uh, it's said to come up to the surface when it more often when it rains or the ground is wet because after all water is life. Yeah. Uh, Mongolians believe that touching any part of the worms will cause almost instant death and tremendous pain. It's said to prey on camel and lay eggs in its intestines, which is how it gains its red like skin. So now we know why it's red. It goes inside camels, uh, and uh, th- this is one of my things. I believe that Frank Herbert took some inspiration from the Mongolian Death Worm uh, because, to make the worms in Dune. Because every time I look at it, I see in all the fan art, I don't know, interpretations of it, it looks somewhat similar to it. But the thing is, the Mongolian Death Worm is like two to seven feet long. So it is nowhere near the same size. And uh, for some fun facts, in 1990 92, uh, even Mark Mikel... Uh, led small groups of companions into the Gobi Desert to search for the worm. Inspired by Frank Herbert's novel Dune, in which giant fictional sandworms could be brought to the surface by rhythmic thumping, where Carl constructed a motor-driven thumper and even used small explosions to try to find it. I thought that was really fun, because in Dune they do have the thumpers, and uh, that's how they draw up the worms. Kind of like how in real life if you... Do some kind of rhythmic thumping in a place where there are a lot of worms. They'll come to the surface, and that's how, that's how you get bait for fish.
0: Yeah, yeah. the night
1: crawlers. Yeah, that and yeah, uh, and uh the main antagonists and tremors, uh called graboids are based uh, on the death worm.
2: Hey, yep.
1: Whoop Man, and that's it. That's the death worm. Man, the Mongolian death worm.
2: That um, I remember I watched a Destination Truth episode where Josh Gates. They tried to go. And find it, and they never did. Um, man, I I forgot how badass it is, man. It's just, it sprays out venom, it shoots out lightning. Uh, yeah, man, you touch it, you die. That's pretty sick. Metal ass butt. I I fucking love it. Um, I don't know. It, it, you know, it would be, it would be kind of cool. Kind of wouldn't for the people that live there for that to be real, but like, you know, um,
1: Oh, nice little drawing, Colt. Thank you. I drew it. And it's a worm. It's a very simple design because, well, it is a worm. It, it's a worm, and also,
2: you know, there's no real e- photos of it. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody uh, ours... knows
0: cameras don't work in the desert.
3: Okay. All right. Hell That's yeah, cool.
0: Colt. Yeah. We get Colt Sick. to uh, we're, we're breaking the news here. We're doing a uh, AYCH reboot of Dune where Colt draws all the characters. Hell yes.
1: Oh god. Don't make me draw human hands. I'll cut them off and give them claws. Well,
2: good luck drawing based off of descriptions in a book.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, and especially in a fucking Frank Herbert book, doesn't know how, he does not. He doesn't describe anything. He just your mind makes it up yourself.
0: And, and mind is the fear killer.
1: Nope. Yes. (laughs) All right.
0: Wait, you fucked me up, Pat.
1: (laughs) Mind is the fear killer. You are correct. Mind is the fear
2: killer. All right, you.
0: All right, Colt, good job. Snaps for Colt.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: All right, we're moving along to John. Tell us about your cryptid and
3: what's it all about. All right. I chose to do my book report on, uh, excuse me for the mispronunciation, uh, the pronunciation, uh, dingo neck, or also called the Jungle Walrus.
1: Oh, okay. So okay. I like where this yes, is going. Uh,
3: it is, there's only really been like one major sighting, and it was around Lake Victoria, which basin is around the countries of Burrent, uh, Burundi, Kenya, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Uganda. It's supposedly 14 to 16 feet long. Uh, Oh, boy. A head like a lion slash leopard, body like a hippo with a tail of a whale. Also, a scaly motherfucker. Some describe it as having an armadillo-like shell. And it has tusk like a fucking walrus. But like I said, is this
1: one of those tusk creatures from the movie Tusk?
3: Shut you, you, that, the fuck up. That's what I was thinking the entire time. But there, there's only really been one sighting of this thing, and it was in the uh, in the 1910s. It first shows up in a memoir of this big game hunter named Edgar Beecher Br- Bronson in his memoir "In Close Territory." Where he recounted this story uh, about a campfire conversation that he had with this guy named John Alfred Jordan, who's the guy who supposedly saw this creature. And Jordan said he was with a hunting party in the Lake Victoria era. And he said there was one person in their party that saw this thing, you know, ran to him. They they ran to it, they saw it, shit their pants, shot it, and then ran away. Uh,. Uh, and it wasn't until 1918 until Jordan actually gave his own testimony on the record in a magazine called McLean's, which is a Canadian magazine, uh, and, and still swore that the, the creature exists. But knowing fucking white people, especially around this time, they tend to make shit up. Uh, apparently, yeah. Jordan said he w- talked with a lot of the locals and... There were various stories of, you know, people fear it, they worship it, you know, so on and so forth. However, but there wasn't, because there's so little information on it, and, and there really wasn't an image for it, so I just kind of had to make one up, and I'm about to send it in chat. Hold on one second.
2: Let's get it. Send it. Let us see and judge. Let us judge this man's artistic skill. <laughs>
3: Well, I'm sorry. It's pretty bad.
2: Let us judge, right. and we can determine whether to put it on our refrigerators.
1: Yes, I'll print it out. Put it on my refrigerator.
2: I have to determine whether it's good enough to put it on my refrigerator. Alrighty. Very good. I put oh, it on the fridge at what, once. Yeah. <laughs> that's, so that's good. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um,
1: you know,
0: <laughs> bitch. That's just a,
1: that's just a walrus. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's just, but he's got the thing on his back
0: <laughs> I, I love it. it's, it's like a walrus with a long tail and little like cub ears and like a turtle shell on its back yeah and some description said it looked like a leopard too yeah because I, I, I googled the uh the creature while john was getting his picture ready and it and it's a pretty diverse interpretation like some looks kind of like a leopard with you no know, saber-tooth fangs and like pangolin type scales and then some are yeah some are very elaborate like bridging more into like a dinosaur type creature
2: oh yeah yeah it's really (laughs) there's actually this really cool i'm looking at the album cover of some a Dinganeck street band primal economics they have their their own art uh i guess artist interpretation of it looks kind of sick
3: looks pretty cool damn that is fucking rad
0: yeah, we we got to start, start our like... street band with a cryptic on it. <laughs> or we just have our it cryptids like something... play, play the, the sections of a band as a cover album. No, I figured we'd
3: just call our band the Alabama White Thing, <laughs> White Thangs. So, yeah, that's the Dinganek. dingo neck <laughs> Hold on. What was Cole going to say?
1: <laughs> I was going to say it looks like something got a monster on her. Uh, it looks... <laughs> Uh, looks really cool. I really like it. It also <laughs> reminds me of the demon from Devilman Crybaby that fuses with the winged lady. Oh wow! Okay, I can't wait I can for Milo
0: Djokovic to fight that in the movie. Yes.
1: Um.
2: Yeah, Africa. Africa. When it comes to cryptids, is like, is um, weird, cause it's cause it's like there's like a ton. Like that's not like there were a lot of um testimonies and eyewitness reports of like strange creatures you know uh of course you know from white white people or you know Europeans going there to like hunt or something of like strange animals um and it's just uh and then all, you know there's then there's reports from the natives of as well and it's like um I, like I don't know I don't know it's just like because um these things they happen these events happen so quick, and then the way they describe them, and it's like completely, you know, and usually is a misidentified animal. Um, but yeah. it makes you wonder, like, it just makes you wonder how many of those uh, are out there. Um,
1: I'll get more into that. I mean, it could have been, like, a mutated animal. Or an animal that,
0: that went extinct that's sort of the last of its kind because, like, even if it was misidentified, there's no animal that looks like this. Yeah, there, there's a
3: one of the stories of the natives had was uh one one group of people killed it to su- to supposedly put a curse on another group of people. Yeah, because you know apparently it had some sort of magic powers. Yeah, we
0: saw a movie about that. It doesn't work out well for everybody. No, nah. hmm.
3: but you, you um, know, like I said, take those stories with a grain of salt because it's like third hand accounts from racist white people. So.
2: And it's all, and there's also like, what, like one or one, one story, like that's all you have to go off of. Yeah. And, uh, I, and I say that because I, I re, I was researching cryptids and there was one story, um, that happened in, uh, I think it was South Africa. I'm not sure where, but they, it was like, there was one eyewitness report that there was some giant bat that attacked these people. Um, this, uh, this guy and his guides and, um, it was known to them as like a demon And then, um, either a few years before or a few years later in the same area, there was another guy who was attacked by what he said was a pterosaur. And, um, you know, it's just, and, like, you know, these things were, like, you know, these things were flying and swooping down, and it's just, it's just interesting, like, you know, they didn't get a good look at it, obviously, but, like, what what animal was it you know there's a lot of weird shit that we still haven't found like you know we found coelacanths gorillas apparently were thought to be um legendary animals which they're not they're actual animals um
1: They're pretty legendary to me. Yeah, I know.
2: They're great. And um, there was actually a new species of orangutan that was just discovered recently as well. Like, I don't know. Like, there's just some crazy shit, you know? It's just, it's neat. Um, But yeah, definitely take it with a grain
3: of salt. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm I'm not an expert, but from the sound of your story, Wenzel, it just sounded like it was word. Fuck.
2: (laughs) Man. Probably. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Even though this took place in, like, the
3: early 1900s.
1: My point. I'm go goes probably still.
3: <laughs> I mean, that was the time when racist white people were the rage. You know, you're right. They still have
2: those racist white people sensibilities.
0: <laughs> so, well, thank you for bringing the dingo to the table. Snaps for Jonathan. Snap.
3: I'm snapping for myself. That will definitely go on my refrigerator. Hell yes. Yes, it's definitely going on there. Hell yes. That was my goal. All
0: right. And I have the the last story of the day. And my character, my cryptid, is called the Flannel Man. All right. And now, while this one may not sound as bestial as the rest, as we'll get into with my story, it's a very multifaceted morphic entity. And what it is, it seems to be... And, that's this large umbrella phenomenon that people have reported for several years. And at least in, in terms of like one particular, I guess, manifestation of this creature, the final man, we have accounts going back to the 1950s and sixties. And this, with this interpretation or this manifestation version of it, it's a, it ranges in general from a, a sasquatch-like creature wearing tattered red flannel clothing to ostensibly a human male wearing red flannel clothes to to a sort of ghost entity force that manifests within people's like minds or like or like to like the, like, the periphery of their of their visions and just starting well uh, yes
2: oh wait pat i was going to say do these people also attend uh, folk concerts or the concerts of the Decemberists,
3: Mumford and Sons, or the Lumineers. No, or, or in the nineties did they listen to cafe. a lot of Pearl Jam and Soundgarden? No, because that too.
1: Or do they work in the forest cutting down trees? No,
0: because um, mm. the, the the large stories I have for like the more like seemingly human versions they're more from the modern day, and what sets them apart from I guess like just a random. Average person and clothes is that they're they're like just very they're very out of place and there's always just like a general sense of foreboding and how basically how they behave but we'll get to that in a moment so the first version is sort of the more Sasquatch type appearance and these tend to congregate in the West Coast around sort of like just like pretty much California and the sort of more arid portions of the United States. And like I said, it seems to be more like a Sasquatch-like creature that with a a uh, propensity to wear like tattered flannel clothing. And once that story, I, I remember reading of is what, of a young girl who was a child in the nineteen fifties. How she went out in the woods uh, that was sort of that separated her family's property to her grandparents. So it, it's the size of a sizable walk. And as she was there, she began hearing like uh, someone following her. And she thought it was her brother trying to play a trick on her. So she, when she called out her brother to sort of cut it out, there wasn't a response. She just heard like this like guttural noise. And when she went to go investigate, she saw someone sort of kneeling down the grass. And when they stood up, it was like this very large humanoid figure, like at least seven to eight feet tall, wearing tattered clothes. And when she, when she noticed it wasn't a human, she ran away. And there seems to be, this seems to be like a very rare version of the story. It's the most uncommon to what I've seen. And the more the more modern stories about the Flannel Man, most of mine are kind of in the late two thousands to the early twenty tens. And one story I have is of a gentleman. He worked as a DJ, and he was leaving the, the bar he, he, was, uh, he had to gig at one night. And as he was leaving, he noticed a man wearing flannel clothes walking in the grass on the side of the road. So he just, he just sort of casually observed that, and he you went know, driving his car at you know regular speed, 50 to 60 miles per hour. And every, like every you know, 10 to 20 minutes, he would happen to glance to the, to the, out the side of his car, and he would see this same man each time he looked out. And so he was wearing the same clothing, had the same face. And, you know, like, there's no physical way for that person to keep up with his vehicle. But, though know, he's literally going at 50, 60 miles per hour. And every so often, you look, he would see the same man walking on the, you know, walking on the side of the road. And the last time he saw it is when he turned to the right to merge onto the interstate. He saw the same man on the right side of the road. And he was, like, standing right next to his car. Oh, fuck that. So and and and, th- and what makes it so unusual is that this is a, a fairly well lit, well traveled area, and he at first he thought it was just like someone leaving the bar and just walking home, <laughs> but it would literally have been possible that for that for that same person to keep appearing in his like line of sight all the way down the road. Yeah.
2: No, no, it's like it's like when you're walking, um, and like you're walking in the same direction as a person, but like. You're afraid that, like, they might think you know you're following them, or like somebody is doing that to you, they're walking in the same direction, so you think they're following you. And this guy is wearing a flannel and he's just running, and it's like, Oh man, I need to get home. (laughs) 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 50 to 60 miles per hour running to get home, and the guy in this truck is like, What the fuck is going on? This guy's just minding his business trying to get home. It sounds like just a regular Samaritan
1: passer by. But like, uh, what's up with all these cryptids running like right next to cars? With uh, we got the Melonheads and we got uh, Flannel Man, and we had like uh, I think in our last one, uh, last cryptid stuff last year, we had another person that ran beside a car.
2: There, there's uh, it's really weird. There's a lot of stories like literally like that, and I mean,
3: I mean, I, I don't know, I don't know. I know there was that that ghost girl where around the area I grew up or my parents are from, Yeah, that will uh, slam into the side of your car.
0: Yeah, it seems like the vehicles have a strange, magnetic uh, uh, property when it comes, to a strange monster just like, they're just, oh, there's a car, I gotta hit it.
2: Yeah, I guess it's just that phenomenon. <laughs> I guess there's that phenomenon of like, you know, You'll have occasionally like deer or just animals who would just run alongside cars, and sometimes at night you can't tell what they are. And because of our imaginations, and because the night is kind of scary, unknown, you know, it's just something that's kind of passed down. Like something's running alongside our car, and it's like, how's that possible? Um, something going to odds Oh no! With a mechanical it's
1: machine. Andy Dick. Run! No! Oh no! <laughs> Andy Dick. <laughs> That's the scariest cryptid out there.
0: Well, well we talked about cars. I, I did have one that's more closely related to an incident with a car. Now, this account was actually from 1965. It's about a uh, young man and his girlfriend, who would be his wife, and they're uh, the couple. They were friends with. They were out for a drive at night, and so they go. They, they were going to the town. They eventually left. The, left the sort of the uh, confines of the, of the city, went out to the woods. In this, in this area the woods sort of surrounded by like a cow pasture like a like a rock quarry things like that and after a while they they pulled over to the side of the road to sort of just to chill out and relax and the two men they happened to be off on the side uh, just peeing. and then while while they were leaving themselves uh, they heard this what they described as a hellacious noise <laughs> which, which sounded like the most agonizing scream they've ever heard <laughs> immediately followed by a loud thump and they didn't, they didn't know what it was. They thought it maybe because they were close to a cow pasture that maybe that somehow a cow was killed by, like, coyotes or, or something like that. And oh, that's not funny. And then they waited in this, in silence for, the, for it to happen again. Nothing came. But then as they were sort of finishing up, they looked down to the far end of the road, and they saw the, what looked like... A, a figure standing there and it was sort of like slowly walking. And then as they're trying to make out what this shape was, it like, it seemed to stop for a moment. And as, as it like, I, I seemingly notice them and then it starts running towards them. Oh, fuck that. And then, so they, they freak out. They get into their car and like, they're, they're like trying to, like, Oh fuck, we got to get out of here. And the, the women, they're freaking out. Like what's going on? Y'all, we heard that noise. And then y'all freaked out. And then uh, the father, the one who was telling the story, he he throws, he goes to throw his car into drive, but then the car won't go. And they look behind them as they see this, they see this dark shape hit the back window, and it lifts up the back of the car.
3: Oh, I think I've heard this story before.
0: And then uh, he goes to put in reverse, and this car still won't move. And then lastly, goes he, throw it, well drive. he throws it into drive one last time and it, you know, whatever the, the entity is, it lets go and they speed off into the woods. And he said, in that moment where he looked back behind him to see what it was, it, they couldn't see a face. All he could see was a very, extremely broad chest and it had dark red flannel on it and dark hair underneath it.
2: <laughs> it's just it's a Bigfoot wearing a fucking flannel shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean
2: really Like, I, need, I know Pat said that it's just man what a creature and I, that also, I was going to say that would also be a good bit if they're peeing and they just hear hey nice cock <laughs> from above
1: <laughs> I wouldn't be scared in that moment I'd be proud but then I'd probably be scared like 10 seconds later when I realize uh, that came from the bush. I'm peeing on. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, colt, nice cock.
2: And then it starts peeing back.
1: Oh no! Oh God, no!
0: And uh, this one that's that uh, is more of a like a, a more non-physical supernatural slant. This is from 2014. Uh, a young man said he was coming back from his night security job around 1 a.m. He made it back in his it made it to his. Uh, the guest house where he lived with his parents, because he, because the guest house is about twenty feet away from the main house and it's facing their the back the back door and the porch, so he, he went back back to his guest house and he sort of like winds down for a bit before he goes to sleep, and then he's woken up sometime later in the night by hearing his parents like frantically calling his name, and they're they're yelling his name in unison. He's like, okay, this is this is scary. Why my is it? the house on fire like what's the trouble and he get and he notices he left his tv on the tv's plain static and he goes he tries to check i hate He these. tries to ch- check the time on his phone the phone won't turn on so it say or it whips on for a second then turns back off he tries to check a digital watch and all he says is a it's a blank screen so he's like okay whatever it doesn't matter my don't my parents calling my name so he goes outside and And uh, immediately he's hit like this, like this strong gust of wind. Like it's, it's so strong. It's like sort of blowing around tarps they have in the back porch, like small things are kind of being clattered and dusted around. And he sees two figures standing off in the distance, like one taller, one shorter. And they're like, they're saying his name. And he goes to, to like walk out to him. And when he reaches, when he gets closer, he noticed they're both wearing these dark checkered flannel type clothing, but they have no features. And then when he's like, he goes to turn, turn around because, like, this is fucked up, this is scary. And he's immediately met by a third figure, even taller than the other two, like right next to him. And as we also wearing the same, like, dark checkered flannel color and material. And he's immediately hit by, like, this, as he described, like this deep bass reverberation that's so intense it knocks the breath out of him and forces him to the ground. And the whole time he's hearing his family, his parents say his name as they get closer and closer. Eventually, he passes out. He wakes up again. He's back in his bed. It's, in, it's morning, and all of his appliances are working again. That bitch just had a fucking crazy ass dream. So, and then <laughs> the, other, the the last story I have is from 1997. Is a woman who said she met a flannel man. She was. What makes it interesting is that how quickly he appeared and disappeared, because she said he she was you know going to a costume party with, um, with two other children that's down at a house down the road, and then, as they're walking, this this man wearing a red flannel costume or like red flannel shirt kind of appeared out of nowhere, because they thought he came from the woods, but there's a chain link fence that separates the, the road from the woods. And so how he how they're walking, and they turn he was there, no sound where he came from, and he wasn't there before. He looked back and there he was, and he sort of walked up to the girl and put like seeds in her hand and kind of like gently forced her hand to the ground to plant them, and then she's okay. and then when she put them in the ground she looked back up he was gone again, and there was no noise like him clambering over a fence or like. Running off into the Whistler, there's no sound disturbance. So the whole encounter took place in like less than five minutes. But she can physically remember. That was
1: the spirit of Johnny Appleseed. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I like just <to laughs> prep my little apple trees.
0: Because she can physically remember a man putting her hand on the ground and she even remembers like tugging at his beard and she can feel the resistance of the beard attached to somebody's skin. And there, there's 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 several That's other smaller right. encounters like people like seeing Flannel Man like in dreams and then seeing that same person in real life like but it's, it's never just like oh there's just like I'm at the store and it's a guy right. it's always in like they're these dark corners when like there's nobody there should be nobody around or, or, or they're by themselves or so sometimes they're like this weird foretelling of doom yeah. Like she said she, this one woman she had a dream of a flannel man that of a man getting being shot in her town, and then the next day it had happened. It's like she she could see the flannel man she could also see the man that got shot that's spooky and like um or there, there's a there's a time a woman she woke up with with a man wearing red flannel in her room, and then she sort of just sort of like, what is this man doing there? She can see she takes up space, it wasn't hazy, it was very clear. And then when she looked back, he was gone. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like it's sort of things like that, and there seemed to be a larger phenomenon of people seeing like humanoid figures and entities with like weird check patterns. It's sort of like how like the Hat Man has a, it's a similar phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a fairly new one, a fairly new in terms of like being cataloged. So which I thought mm. was interesting.
2: Hmm. What a strange entity.
0: So, whether it's like whether it's sort of like misidentification or like some weird like what's what's the word collective unconscious thing that people are experiencing because like the Hat Man is a very similar thing where people across the world all sort of ima- sort of imagine or sense this same entity like this dark shape, dark hair, dark hat, and like without being influenced by anybody else. But this is something we a lot of people see independent of another. It's it's something similar to that.
1: Hmm. Mm.
0: But also has this, I mean, physical interpretation too. Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, I was just gonna say like, um, so just uh, I, I don't know, cause like you know when you get to like animal cryptids uh, with physical forms, you know, you can there's um there, there's a little bit of science or something you can explain there or whatever, um, or like you can t- make guesswork of like, cause I was looking up cryptids and um, I learned something about um, their uh to kind of like the determine the viability of a an animal species, there's this, there's a rule. It's called the 5,500 rule. 50 means, 50 individuals uh, means short-term survival. You know, 50 individuals can survive for a short amount of time for the species to, to live, but short time. 500 means that there's 500 of these individual animals in the species, then they can live long-term. And, you know, you can apply that, to a lot of it's not that simple but you can apply that to certain like you can kind of like basically apply that to certain cryptids like the Loch Ness Monster okay short-term survival 50 individuals in one lock that's impossible um you know uh but then it's, like, when you get into, like, bigger demographics and geography, uh, you know, it's just, it's not that simple. But it, it was just an interesting thing. And then, like, when you bring up, like, these strange, like, when you bring up, like, cryptids that are, like, these strange, weird entities like this, where it's possibly a Bigfoot ghost wearing flannel shirts, like, there's, you know, doesn't need to have a population to survive. It can just be wherever, whenever.
0: And I, so it, it is very curious because there's... There's not a really good way to grasp what what it is. It's just you just have very sort of strong testimonials because whether or not you yeah. believe it, believe you know this this is physical or non corporeal entity wearing so apparently this red flannel material. There are these people who have had very for them very real experiences. Some more intense than others. So like so it's it's, it's sometimes it's really hard to discount what people are seeing especially when you don't quite understand what it is and neither do they. So if nothing else it's a very interesting story.
2: Oh yeah. Um it could be like the like the story um that one book, um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, um, but this is the, you know, traveling flannel.
1: Oh yeah, so it's multiple different uh people wearing the same flannel shirt and they Plant seeds, and crash into cars. I don't. It's not a very clear what they do.
0: <laughs> so, it, it, like I said, it's a. It, this is just a handful of stories I was able to pull out. So it gets much more bizarre depending on which route of the of the entity you want to go with physical, extraterrestrial, spiritual, wherever you want to go. It, it, the, the stories get much wilder from there. And I and I dropped in chat uh, my little sketch of the flannel man. You see, you have a very spooky lumberjack-type fellow, wreathed in shadows, uh, ready to do something. Because we can't quite comprehend what this fellow is.
1: I want this fellow to stop those forest fires. That's what I want. Yeah.
3: I want him to come to those gender reveal parties and hack the people. Oh. I want him.
1: Okay. Yes. Okay. At the gender reveal parties of people... Blowing up. Yes, close. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> no, right. I just want
3: him to go to every gender reveal party. It's like, <laughs> and kill everybody there.
0: Yeah, d- d- just have the threat of violence. You better not have a firework there that's going to set a a state on fire. Just do something simple like a piece of paper. Or just like a, or just like yeah, a Facebook easy.
3: post being like, hey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess people have time to that piss away easy. on this. All right, so that is the flannel man. Hell yeah. Very nice. Very
3: nice.
1: Hell very yeah. nice. Snaps. My wife. My wife. Oh, yeah, snaps.
0: Snipples. Big snips. Too late. All right. Well, there you have it. You have four more cryptids for your consumption. Are they real? Are they fake? Or just a very interesting story. That's for you to decide. And uh, we thank you so much for joining us today, and our really all month. This is uh, sadly our last spooky episode for the month. But don't worry, uh, spooky is a lifestyle, not a seasonal movement. And also, in case you do need more spooky content from AYCH, and I don't see why you wouldn't. In the link, uh, to, the episode descriptions of today's edition, there will be a, a playlist to our Halloween uh, playlist, which has every episode that we release. Uh, from, from the beginning of all of our Halloween content from 2017 all the way to this year and that, that includes a Fountain footage festival that includes our supernatural romance that also includes our slasher showcase so we have everyone from this year and all the years past for year Halloween enjoyment so um, be sure to like rate view, subscribe all those platforms. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, and any RSS feed catcher. Be sure to like, rate, view, subscribe, and all those platforms. It really helps us out. Keeps the show going. Puts it in front of more people. And it, we really appreciate that when you spread that around. You can follow us on our socials on Instagram, Twitter, at AYCH Podcast. You can follow us on Letterboxd and Facebook at all you can hear. You can follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash all you can hear. Follow us on YouTube also at all you can hear. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick. On Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name, and my art on Facebook at John Lost His Name. Art. My name is
3: Jonathan. You can follow me on Twitter at J O N I I B O I 24 and uh, Letterbox at John Nunson
1: 12. My name, Colt. Follow me on Twitter at D 0 uh, The sand I've been eating over the past hour is turning into glass, and I will proceed to make a glass cryptid from my sand thank you
2: uh okay uh you can follow me wenzel on instagram my art instagram at world of Wednesday. you can follow my twitter sorry that really threw me off what the fuck colt said uh you can follow my twitter at Winsey wilkie and you can follow my letterbox um Wednesday wilkie as well it's my my it's linked to my twitter and then you can also follow me on goodreads uh Wednesday wilkie i think i have a link tree so you can go there um. Thank you for listening again. Uh, I'm so sorry. I wish we could do more spooky stuff. Um, Who'd, we should honestly.
3: Yeah. We have to keep it to just October.
2: Let's just cancel everything we have planned for the rest of the year and just do spooky stuff all until 2021 because I like it. It's fun. Or we just
3: do spooky all the time.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. we're, we're making a last exchange at this episode. Uh, no more uh, regular content spooky content all you can hear all you can horror
1: hmm yeah also sorry uh kind of weird year i don't know if you guys heard but yeah we didn't do our normal uh ghost hunting thing this year we usually do it like every year uh aka just two years before this but the since the world's a little crazy right now we couldn't do it yeah
0: yeah, mm-hmm. we, our, our drones had Sorry. a very hard time getting to our projected haunted house, so we had to scrap that one.
1: Yeah, But it's been fun. It's been a fun little Halloween we've had here, uh, even though I haven't seen Jonathan or Pat's face since March. I, I picture the same faces I saw that one time at Cody's uh, place so, so God, long that ago, was like and uh, that's how I picture you that guys was, still. what,
3: like seven months ago? Yep. Yep. Thanks,
0: Trump. I have no idea what uh, Colt or Wenzel look like now. I'm just imagining Colt with uh, big, shaggy hair, and Wenzel has a really big mustache now. I'm sure it's down to his knees.
1: <laughs> You'd be right. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for listening today. We'll be talking to you very soon. See you in November, and in the meantime, have a happy Halloween. Yep, happy Halloween. Awoo!